Hi and welcome to the White Hill podcast series. My name is Roger, I'm one of the pastors here at White Hill and we're glad that you've chosen to listen to one of the podcast messages today. Our prayer is that you would be challenged and inspired to take the next steps in your journey with God as you listen to this message. If you want to keep in touch with more things that are happening at White Hill, head to our website at whitehill.church and you can subscribe to our YouTube channel. Enjoy this message now. For our reading tonight, I'm going to turn, if you've got your Bibles there, you can turn with me or look at the screens. And it's John chapter 1, verses 40 to the end of the chapter. Verse 40. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother, Simon, and tell him, We've found the Messiah, that is, the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, You are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. And when Jesus saw Nathanael approaching, he said to him, Here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Jesus answered, I saw you while you were still under the fig tree before Philip called you. Then Nathanael declared, Rabbi, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus said, You believe because I told you I saw you under the fig tree. You'll see greater things than that. He then added, Very truly I tell you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Let's have a look at the screens for a moment. Good evening, everyone. Uh, I do love that clip from the first night. It's a, a fun movie. Uh, if you've never had a chance to watch it. But uh, I put it on because tonight I want to look with you at introductions. What is it like to introduce someone to someone else? Uh, Because the passage that we're looking at tonight is all about how people were first introduced to Jesus. Uh, How did it all begin? How does it start for a person in their life to be introduced to Jesus and then go on from there and follow Jesus. Howard Hendricks, who lived in last century, he was a professor at Dallas Seminary, he said in the midst of a generation screaming for answers, he says Christians are stuttering. That wasn't a very good comment about those who are following Jesus, but it reflects that often we struggle in how we introduce Jesus to those people around us. Bill Bright, who was an evangelist, he started Campus Crusade for Christ, says millions of surveys which have 
help, which we have helped to take around the world, indicate that approximately 98% of Christians do not regularly introduce others to the Saviour or to Jesus. And I'm thinking, well, if we as Christians aren't introducing people, then how are people going to get to know who Jesus is? Not everyone has a Bible that they can just flick open or turn to the right page to learn who Jesus is and what Jesus did. Well, if we brush up on our introductions, perhaps we can get a little better. And so that's our challenge for tonight, a very practical one. And uh, if you want to look at introductions, we are going to get practical in a minute, but here are some better introductions from A Knight's Tale. Second son. It is a fun movie. Well, as I said, we want to get really practical tonight, and so I'm going to give you an opportunity uh, to spend a couple of minutes chatting to someone else who's not in your row. Now, if you're new and just visiting, just stay where you are. Let someone else come to you. But what I want you to do is turn, and I want you to ask three questions so that you could introduce them to someone else. Now... The questions you could ask are so varied, lots of different things you could ask to introduce them. But what's the main one you want to ask? The name. If you don't know their name, how are you going to introduce them? So why don't we spend a couple of minutes now, uh, turn to someone not in your row uh, and get chatting with them and come up with an introduction that you can give for them. Go for it. Okay, we've got some good conversations going on around. Now for the even scarier part. Craig has a roving mic. Um, I need a few people to volunteer to do the introduction. Okay? Okay, here we go. Who's Grace going to introduce? You can't touch the mic, Grace. Just speak. Yeah. So today, <laughs> I'm introducing Logan here. So you know, she says that she likes Green Day too. You know, but she doesn't know of all the members, but I do. So you know, and um, you know, she went to Bremer, and um, she she doesn't like COVID, believe it or not. Okay. Well done. <laughs> Logan went to Bremer. Doesn't like COVID. Uh, uh, and, and you know what, that's a good introduction because it now gives you something else. If anyone else went to Bremer, you can go and talk to Logan about, oh, what year were you in? And COVID, like, who isn't talking about COVID still? I mean, we're probably a bit over it, but anyway, another introduction. Come on, be brave. Sam, good on you. <laughs> Taylor Newman is just behind me. And she is a teacher, soon to be a special school teacher. Her favourite colour this week is yellow. And she likes any sort of sweet breakfast foods, including waffles, pancakes, and uh, rice bubbles with honey on top. Oh! <laughs> but she always puts the um, breakfast cereal in first, um, because you can't gauge how much milk then. Yes. Okay. Man, you got into some really deep conversation there, Sam. Honey on rice bubbles. I can't say I've ever tried that one before. Anyone else? Come on. Come on, guys. You've been outdone. We've had two girls. I 
Um, hello, I'll introduce Andrew, who's sitting behind me. Um, yes. Andrew is a podiatrist and he was born and raised in Ipswich and he's soon to be married in March. <laughs> <laughs> and he's excited about that. Anyone else? No, you've already spoken, Grace. Come on, guys. You're letting the team down. Lauren, you've got your hand up. The guys, that is 4 nil. Go, Lauren. All right, so we've got Jack here. Jack um, likes to keep things alive as he, ha he loves his plants and he loves his ducks. Ducks and plants. Awesome. Okay, anything else, Lauren, do you remember? I've got baby brain. <laughs> <laughs> baby brain, okay. <laughs> Well, you know, that's really interesting because uh, plants and ducks, you know, who would have ever thought? I, I don't know what, what connection you've got with ducks, Jack, but you know what? I'm interested to ask after the service. One other. Come on. One other introduction over here. Come on. Anyone? No. Everyone's bailing. Anyone else? Go, Bronte. Go, Bronte. Um, I had Jaden, and I tried to ask him some questions and then connect the dots. Yeah. Um, so I always knew he was a bit of a light in the dark. He always brightened up a room, and that's because he's an apprentice electrician. <laughs> um, and then I tried to work out why he had such tan skin. It's because he's from the tropics, coming from Townsville. Yeah. And his mother, his name is Miriam, and father is Daniel. Okay. Australian born. Fantastic. You know, you know what? I, I think Ben's intro has to be one of the most creative. That'll do. Thanks, Craig. Um, uh, I didn't know that, Jaden. You're a sparky lighting up the room and tan skin and recently engaged. <laughs> Congratulations. Well, regardless whether we're here in person or whether we're online, the likelihood is we're either already seeking to follow Jesus in what we do, or someone has actually introduced us to Jesus. Uh, if we're joined online, if you're watching online, chances are that someone steered you to the site that is streaming the service tonight. And so as we talk to that, we actually need to think about, well, whilst we're here, whilst we have the opportunity to hear, there is actually lots of people that aren't, lots of people that don't know that haven't had someone ask them along, that haven't given them that opportunity. And it's not enough for us just to come here week after week and play Christian if we don't do something about it through our weeks, if we're not seeking to live it out. We can't just listen, we must do. And so I want you to think tonight as we go through this passage, to think, how is it that Jesus might be asking me to introduce him to other people around me in my world. What can I do to better invite people onto that journey? So without going any further into that, let's get into the passage. Now, uh, the Gospel of John is one of the accounts of John. Thanks, Craig, for going through all of that. Uh, last week, we had Donna who was sharing with us 
the passage just before this, and basically we've got John the Baptist, who was a bit of a, a long-haired guy, and uh, he wore clothes that would be pretty spectacular today, just camel's hair, uh, was just living in the bush. Um, so that was John the Baptist, and he was there, he was a preacher, he had attracted big crowds and was uh, challenging people about the way they were living. And he had a couple of his own disciples or followers with him. And at one point he's there and he's introduced Jesus to these guys. Uh, so one of the guys' names was Andrew, he was a fisherman, and another one was with him, uh, who we believe was likely John, who was also a fisherman. So... As Jesus is coming along, John says to his disciples, Look, there's the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, that might not be the introduction we might give to one of our friends today, because they wouldn't understand it. But back in that day, that was a description that they understood, spoke about the one who would come to save his people from their sins. Now, I don't know whether John had this intention... But for Andrew and the other guy that was a follower of John with him, they heard that and then they just left John the Baptist. So his followers took off and then they just started following Jesus. And that was the start of a wonderful journey for them. And then we get to verse 40, which was read for us earlier. Just let me recap what happens to these guys and particularly Andrew. In verse 40, it says, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who heard what John had said and who had followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. Now, I find this amazing because Andrew has only just been introduced to Jesus and we know that they spent a bit of time with him. But as soon as Andrew spends some time with Jesus and becomes convinced of who this Jesus is, that Jesus was no ordinary bloke, that there was something really interesting about him. What's his first instinct? It's not just to continue hanging out with Jesus. His first instinct is to go and find his own brother, Simon. And he goes off and he finds Simon. And not only does he just find him and tell him about the fact that he's met this guy, this guy, Jesus. And how does he introduce him to Simon? He says, we've found the Messiah. Now, that's a bit more plain for us to understand so he says to Simon, we found the Messiah, and then he brings him to Jesus. He encourages him to come with him to meet Jesus for himself. He doesn't hold this great and exciting news that he's met this Jesus to himself, but he wants to go and bring Peter, Simon, to meet Jesus. Now, no sermons are recorded in the Bible that Andrew ever gave. But some of the best sermons ever preached were the ones that were done without words. 
the ones that were done with actions where people just loved other people enough to care for them, to be kind to them, and particularly to invite them to meet Jesus. You know, the statistics tell us that 85% of all people that are following Jesus today were introduced to him by either a family member or a neighbor, a close friend, someone who they actually already knew and trusted. So it wasn't just some stranger who was in the street holding up a big placard sign saying, repent, turn or burn, or anything like that. It was people who they knew, who invited them along. And we heard last week, Donna gave us a statistic that said at least 30% of people, if they were invited by a friend, would actually come. So the challenge is, what are we doing? What are we doing to bring people and introduce them to Jesus. Sharing Jesus should be the heartbeat of everyone who is following him because it is so good to know that you can be forgiven, to know that you can have hope in life. Really, living with Jesus is the best way to live and indeed the only way to die because we know we have this hope of heaven. Now, for me, I'm lucky enough that most of my fa- well, all of my family, actually already believe in Jesus and they're already following. Uh, in fact, a number of my family are also serving in full-time ministry like I am. So I can't bring my family members along. Well, I work here at the church and so I really don't have any people at church in the office that don't know Jesus either. So I actually have to go and to try to build friendships and relationships outside of church. One of the things I like to do is I often go after tradespeople whenever we're getting work done, and they're not the Christians that I already know, but I I go and I look up the yellow pages or I look up online or I get a referral of someone who's good, and then I get tradies who don't know Jesus because when they come, I've got a captive audience. I might be paying them to uh, do some electrical work or some plumbing, Um, In my last church, I remember I rocked up to work one day and we were undertaking a rather large plumbing project. It was a big contract project that they were digging up all around the site and putting in um, fire extinguisher lines and all that sort of stuff. And anyway, I got, and as I would always do when I rocked up to church, I would chat to the tradies. I'd say, how was your weekend? You know, what'd you get up to? Um... And this one time I came to one of these tradies who was a plumber, he was on his excavator, and uh, I got to chatting to him and I said, you know, my weekend was good, I was here at church, and and then he said, you know what, I've always had a question about church and what goes on and stuff like that. And I said, yeah, what would you like to know? And anyway, we got into chatting And three hours later, we had gone through a whole bunch of stuff about church history and how all the denominations came about and what we believe and why it's good to follow Jesus. And and I I was getting a little bit nervous because I thought this guy's boss is going to come after him or he's going to come after me. Uh, I don't recommend you necessarily pull them off work when when you're paying for them by the hour. because uh, that'll be a really expensive bill that you get at the end. But we just had a great conversation. 
And it came about just because I wanted to show kindness to these guys and be a really friendly bloke and ask him how he was doing and what was going on in his life. And people are curious. They want to know about God. And if you've not grown up in a home where maybe your mum and dad brought you to church or someone else introduced you to Jesus, how else are people going to know unless they ask questions? Uh, I was particularly challenged by a guy by the name of D.L. Moody. He lived last century, or maybe even the century before. Um, But he was someone who was so committed to telling people about Jesus that he pledged to God that he would share Jesus with someone who didn't know Jesus every day of his life. Now, that is a challenge. Uh, That challenges the socks off me. But one day, uh, it's recorded that at 10 o'clock at night, people were going to bed, and he's there, and he he was thinking, I didn't share Jesus with someone today. What am I going to do? And so he goes out of the house, down the street, and he founds this guy standing by a lamppost, and he just strikes up a conversation with him, and he tells him about Jesus. Why do I tell that story? I tell the story because the opportunities are there for us to tell people about Jesus. If only we would see them. If only we would take them. Well, Jesus is in the life transformation business and Simon comes and he meets him and he gives him this new name which translated just means the rock. So Dwayne Johnson, you're a bit of a takeoff. Uh, Simon would have been ripped as a fisherman but here uh, he gets the name of the rock because he takes this man who was just a fisherman maybe struggling in life, maybe not knowing what his purpose was. And Jesus is going to take him and he's going to turn him into a leader and a preacher and an evangelist and someone who's going to be bold with the gospel and sharing it with other people. So the first point that I just wanted to share with all of that is that relationship is so important in encouraging and bringing people to Jesus. And so if there are people in your life whether that's in the workplace, whether that's just where you live, they will be people who are unique to you for you to bring along. No one else can do it. I can't. I don't live next to them. I'm not in your workplace. God has put you there so that you can. The next point I want to bring is in verse 43. Um, After Andrew brings Simon, Jesus then goes out and he goes and rubs shoulders with another bloke. Uh, And his name is Philip. In verse 43, it says, The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, Follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida, which was the fishing village town. So Philip may have been a fisherman. We don't really know. But Jesus walks up to this guy again, and he says, says to him, Follow me. Now, if I walked out into the main street of Ipswich and I said to people, follow me, (laughs) they may give me the finger, they might just say, on your bike, they might swear at me, give me a few choice words. Um, They're not going to do it. So why then does Philip do it? 
Well, it's likely that Philip had already heard about the Messiah, one to come. He'd already had some of those initial questions answered. And he'd already seen some things happening along the way. We don't hear about them. And you know what? Often in people's lives, we don't know what's going on, do we? We don't know how God has been working in people's lives. Let me give you just a bit of an illustration. In my last church where I was uh, working down in Sydney, uh, we had a number of Iranian guys turn up to church, three young Iranian blokes with the, the big beard and everything else. And uh, to be honest, you know, uh, I sort of stood back a little bit and I thought, oh, okay, um, three young blokes coming in, welcome, gave them a handshake. Um, and we got to hear a little bit about their story as we were chatting after the service. And it turns out these guys were students coming to Australia to study at university. And they'd come out from their country and on the plane, the first leg out of their country, uh, they were seated next to a nun. And the nun had started striking up a conversation about God. Well, that had happened all of that leg and they were really interested because in a lot of countries, there aren't a lot of people telling people or introducing people to Jesus. And so they get to the end of their first leg and they get off the plane and they get on the next plane. And guess what? They end up sitting next to a Christian. And this Christian wants to tell them about Jesus as well. And they're asking all of these questions and the Christian gives them a Bible. And then they land in Sydney. And then, because they've had all of these uh, previous conversations... They then look up on the internet, where's a church near where they were staying? And then they rock up and they just walked into our church, cold. Now, no one in our church knew them or anything about them. But we got to know them. We got to uh, ask a little bit about their story, about what God had been doing in their life. And it wasn't long before we took them further along that journey and shared with them about Jesus more, answered a bunch of their questions, and they chose to become followers of Jesus. And then they were baptized, which was so exciting to see. But the reason I tell you that story is because sometimes we don't know what God is doing in people's lives, but God is at work in people's lives. Sometimes we just think maybe we're just the, the only link in a person's journey. But God is at work all the time. And when you don't know Jesus, there is an emptiness in life because you don't have any certainty about where you come from and where you're going, about what our purpose is here on this earth, about the fact that we have a creator that created everything and guides us and then also prepares a place for us after this life. And God is doing that in every person's life on this planet. Oftentimes, people don't have a friend who's a Christian who can invite them along. Maybe they don't investigate. Maybe they just reject it. But God is at work. Often I find there are tragedies in people's lives. And at that point of tragedy where it may be they've lost someone that's close to them that has died, and they start asking those big questions in life. What am I here for? What happens 
after I die? Do I go to dust? Is it oblivion? Is it a big black hole? And people are looking to people that are already following Jesus to ask the questions that plague them. And it's up to us to be there to answer, to have that relationship with people where when they've got a question, they can ask it. We should not hold back. God is at work uh, in my life as I uh, go about just normal life, whether I'm filling up the car at the 7-Eleven down the road, I will treat all the people around me as if God is working in their lives. And I ask the question, okay, why has God brought me into this person's life at this particular moment? Sometimes I'm just sharing with them and I say, you know, how are you doing? You got the graveyard shift tonight or uh, what's happening? How was your weekend? But just asking questions to show that I care, that I'm interested in them, to know what's going on in their life. And oftentimes, they'll come back with other questions and they'll ask me because God is at work. Now, not every conversation is a conversation that ends up saying, come on, follow me. But, you know, with all of those tradies that have turned up at different times, uh, I've shared about Jesus with a number of electricians and plumbers, an oven repairman, a garage repairman, anyone that has come into my sphere, I've had an opportunity to share with them because I've acknowledged that God is at work in their life and God has a purpose for us to share with people. If we delay, if we hold silent then people will miss out and they just will never know. Well, the third thing that I wanted to share is that we do need to start with an invitation, just an invitation. Verse 45, Philip, who Jesus had just found, what happens when he starts following Jesus? He goes off and he finds his mate Nathaniel. Now, I don't know whether they're in business together. I don't know whether he was his next-door neighbour But he obviously knew him. And what does it say in verse 45? Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth? Can anything good come from there? Nathanael asked. Come and see, said Philip. Now, I find this just really encouraging for what happens because Philip is just as excited about finding Jesus as Andrew was. Andrew went and found Simon and brings him along. Now Philip goes and finds Nathaniel and he brings him along. He gives him a different introduction to Jesus. We've found the one that Moses wrote about in the law. Now, obviously Nathaniel was a Jew who had been raised up reading the law on the Old Testament, where there was a number of prophecies about one who would come to save us from our sins. And so that's how he introduces Jesus. Now, it's never too early to start introducing people to Jesus. 
we can invite them along to our men's breakfast or our men's dinner or to young adults dinner that we have here at church it is never too late or too early to start evangelism doesn't have to be done after a course all it is is just bringing people to jesus but have a look at what happens here for philip he doesn't get it easy in fact the first time he goes to try and bring someone he gets some opposition because nathaniel chimes back in and he's not so easily convinced he says nazareth what can come out of nazareth so he's got a little bit of prejudice about people from Nazareth. We don't know why. We know there was a bit of a saying about people from Nazareth. But Nathaniel doesn't just accept it. And what does Philip then say? He says, come. Just come and see. Now, I find this really encouraging because often in the face of opposition, sometimes Christians can get really argumentative it's like there is a battle that we've got to win an argument and we don't need to battle. We don't need to try and win arguments. Yes, we need to try and help people with their questions and discussions, but if we ever see it as an argument and we think we need to win an argument, well, ultimately then someone probably loses an argument and that's not going to help anyone. We actually want to help people on their journey at their pace come to know Jesus and when you look at the life of Jesus Jesus never goes to people and forces them or conscripts them to be followers he never says Nicole that's it you've got to be a follower I'm going to enlist you I want you nine to five you've got to be here at that point he doesn't say that he just invites and he says come have a look have a listen. So the invitation is for people to learn at their own pace at how God is working in them. He doesn't force people and neither should we. And if we get a negative experience and someone says they don't want to come to a breakfast, that's all right. We just invite them again next time and the time after that. We can keep inviting people. That's okay. That is the mission. And in God's time, when God, who is sovereign over us all, as our creator, the one who is working in people's lives, will do it in his time. He will draw people. He will convict of sin. He will help people have an understanding of who he is. We don't have to worry about any sort of rejection because it's all about Jesus. If people want to reject Jesus, well, that's going to be their choice. But we need to be the people who gently invite people to follow. That's our role in actually doing that. Now, as we read these passages and look at these invitations, I think really there's four big challenges for us as we head into this week. Because we don't just want to be people who are hearers and not doers, do we? D.L. Moody um, tells us, well, we hear another story about him he was actually attending a big convention on how to lead people to Jesus. 
which is quite funny for Moody because Moody was the ultimate of people leading people to Jesus. So anyway, he uh, turns up early and he says to his mate, Ira Sankey, who was one of the great hymn writers, he says to him, you know, why don't we just head down the street and uh, I'll meet you there at six. So they go down the street and they're there on the street corner at six o'clock and he says to his mate, Ira, mate, why don't you go out and give him a song? And uh, now, I don't know who'd be game to do this, but this guy was obviously talented. And he gets up on this milk crate and he starts to sing. And maybe it was a bit like busking in his day because a crowd forms. And as soon as the crowd forms, because they've been listening to this guy sing, then Moody gets up and he starts to share with the people and invite them to hear about who Jesus was. And how their lives can be changed and transformed. And how God has these promises that are open for all people to accept. And so they take this big crowd down to this auditorium where the convention was going to be held. And then Moody gets up there and he's preaching away. And he shares with all of these hungry people to know about Jesus. And a lot of them are giving their lives to Jesus there and then. And then... Uh, it's recorded that Moody says, uh, okay, we need to wrap it up now because all these people are turning up for this conference to learn how to bring people to Jesus. Now, why do I tell you that story? Because we can go to conferences, we can do courses to learn how to lead people to Jesus, or we can just go out there as Moody did and do it. Encourage people, talk to people, speak to people and show them who we are and give them a message that might be without words, that might just be showing kindness to people. So there are three things I think we need to do. The first, I think, is to change our perception of the world in which we live. Sometimes as Christians, we can come into church on a Sunday and we can think, coming to church well this is what we do as christians isn't it and then we go out into our work and then i'm the plumber or i'm the electrician or i'm the spring maker or i'm uh, the teacher or i'm the nurse or the midwife uh, or i'm the podiatrist i'm trying to think of all those occupations we just got introduced to Um, we can think that's who we are or our identity but really our identity is that we are a follower of jesus And at each of those days through the week, God may be bringing an opportunity into our lives to share with people about who he is. And that's what he wants us to do. Our perception should be, as we come into the presence of different people, why has God brought them here? What is God doing in their life? To ask about them. And that's what the second point is, that we need to seek God in these moments. Ask God why he has brought them into their lives. Pray for them in that moment. Be loving action to them at that time. The third thing is I think we need to make sure we keep God in the conversation. Sometimes we think we can only talk about God here on Sundays, particularly only with our Christian friends. But what about people who aren't already following Jesus, that don't know Jesus? If we can't even say Jesus, other than a swear word, to our non-Christian friends, how are they ever going to understand who he is? 
Um, let me ask, often when it comes to Monday and we go to work, what is it that people ask you? How was your weekend, right? How many people, when people ask you how was the weekend, say, you know, it, it wasn't bad, you know, I went to the beach on Saturday and then I went to church on Sunday and it was a cracker and God just told me X, Y, Z and I was just so encouraged to make sure I'm going to show kindness to people around me this week. How many times have you actually said or mentioned that you go to church on Sunday? It's a very easy thing. It's not tying you into going through a Bible study with the person. It's just letting people know that, hey, God is a part of your life. We cannot sanitize our conversation with people who don't know Jesus. Because if we do, they will never hear. As I said at the start, only 2% actively and regularly lead people to Jesus. We've got to increase that number. The last thing that we need to do is to actually look for those opportunities. So when people ask us, make sure we are stepping out of our comfort zone to do that. I know just yesterday, I was just out in the driveway and my next door neighbour who had been away for a while came out and uh, she had her, her glass of Shiraz or whatever it is that was there and uh, we just got to chatting over the phone. I said, how was your Christmas and New Year? And uh, she was telling me about having family over and how good that was and then she asked me how my Christmas was. And so I had opportunity to share with her. It, it comes in all different shapes and sizes and it doesn't take someone to have a theological degree to actually lead people to Jesus. It is the easiest thing in the world. In Romans, Paul writes, he says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Everyone who calls will be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how are they to believe in him who they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching or speaking or introducing them to Jesus? They won't unless we do. And that's our challenge for this week. As we go out, as we head back to work on Monday, to make sure that we are able to speak freely and just share with someone. And I want to encourage you before you get up and leave your seat tonight to think about if someone was to ask you that question, how's your weekend? How can you answer it in such a way that you put God in there to say that God was a part of your weekend this weekend? There's lots of different ways you can do it. No fixed formula. Be you. Speak from your heart what God has been doing in your life. Let me pray for us now. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you because we know you are the God that loves us. Uh, you are the God that sent Jesus here. And it is so exciting to follow Jesus. To know, Father, that no matter what trials and struggles and difficulties come our way in this life, that we have a God that loves us so much that he sent his son to die for us on the cross. That all we need to do is believe 
that Jesus died for our sins and we are saved. We are restored to your family and adopted and guaranteed a place in heaven that doesn't depend on how good we are or what we can do. It just depends on the fact that Jesus loved us enough to die for us. Father, help us to take this awesome news and exciting way to live to each of the people that we meet this week. And may we be a blessing to them and to all around us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. If you live locally here in the Ipswich region, we would love to invite you to come and join us in person uh, here at one of our Sunday gatherings at Whitehill. For more information on our services or our ministries, head on over to our website at whitehill.church. If you're interested also in taking next steps in your relationship with Jesus, please also at our website, hit the connect button and let us know where you're at. We would love to catch up with you either over a coffee or on a phone call to chat with you about where you're at. We hope you've enjoyed watching this message and we pray that God would continue to bless you as you seek to seek Him in your daily life. God bless.